Welcome to another exciting podcast episode of The Decline and Fall of America. I am your worldwide podcasting host, Charles Factor, broadcasting live from the brand new Holly Springs Studios and the great Misty Beyond. Today we have a really interesting, really fascinating subject for discussion. Scientists this week announced in press releases that they have brought the dead back to life. Let me repeat that. Scientists brought back the dead to life, and they were and it was and what they brought back to life was forty six thousand years old, meaning it died forty six thousand years ago, and they now brought it back to life. Well, doesn't this bring back shades of Frankenstein, huh? So what does this mean now that they're bringing the dead back to life? And if they can do it with one animal, which is what they just did, can they do it with human beings? Well, that's the question everyone around the world is now looking at. Scientists and government around the world are wondering if we can bring animals back to life, and we just brought back one from 46,000 years ago that died 46,000 years ago. Can we bring humans back to life, and should we? And what does that mean? And how is this going to play out? This is what we're talking about today. And you'll notice, you don't see this discussed on the nightly news or the local news. They're too busy talking about the pet of the week and dragging their weather forecast out to 10 minutes and covering local sports for 10 minutes, giving you 10 minutes of commercials and no real news, right? You're not reading about it in newspapers. And hey, you know, and I know most Americans don't even read newspapers. So, and you're not seeing it on the internet, but I'm going to talk about it today. I'm going to discuss it. And after we discuss it, um, you know, you can have your own opinion on it. I'm not going to tell you whether this should happen or shouldn't happen. But what I can tell you is it is happening and it's happening right now. So I'm going to read an article from the Daily Mail newspaper. Afterwards, we'll discuss it. The Daily Mail is a newspaper from Great Britain, the United Kingdom, from England. It's an excellent newspaper. It focuses on research, statistics, and data. And this article has tons of that, which is why I like it so much. It's also an interesting subject. And so I'll read you the article, and then afterwards we'll discuss it, and you can decide what you believe on this very interesting and significant important. The headline of the article is, quote, Ancient creature that predates civilization was brought back from the dead. Roundworm that was 46,000 years old is revived after an eternity in the Siberian permafrost, unquote. So here's the article, quote, Time travel has now been mastered by a tiny worm, which was reawakened after being frozen for an estimated 46,000 years. Believed to have lived in the late Plazocene era, the time of the woolly mammoths, a small group of worms removed from the Siberian permafrost were thawed out and they came back to life. The worms from a long extinct species called the Panogolamus, were, in, were not in fact dead, but they were in a dormant state called cryptobiosis, in which they shut down until their body processes were undetectable. Scientists previously only had evidence that roundworms could stay in that state for less than 40 years. But radiocarbon dating of the plants within the icy burrow where the worms were found suggested that they are 46,000 years old. Professor Kurtz Chalia, the senior author of a study on this incredible finding, which is now published in the Journal of PLOS Genetics, who is an emeritus professor 
at the Max Planck Institute of Molecular Cell Biology and Genetics said, quote, this little worm could now be in line for a Guinness World Record, having remained in a state of suspended animation for far longer than anyone thought was possible. Quote, that it could be reanimated after 46,000 years left me absolutely flabbergasted. Quote, it's rather like the fairy tale of Sleeping Beauty, but over a far longer period. The most spectacular example of long-term suspended animation had been seen in bacterial spores, which were revived after up to 40 million years in the abdominal contents of extinct bees that had been preserved in buried amber. But this new result is thought to be the best yet among tiny creatures, including famously indestructible microscopic tardigrades, nicknamed water bears, and aquatic creatures called rotifers, which are also able to enter a dormant state and later reanimate. It has been five years since Russian scientists retrieved these roundworms from the permafrost with the burrow of an extinct Arctic gopher, 130 feet from the surface on the Kolama River in northeastern Siberia. And now the new study has shown just how long these worms have waited to reanimate. A small group of reanimated worms, which were revived after being supplied with water and food, lived less than a month, but then they gave rise to more than 100 generations of new worms. These worms were found to be were found to use a similar mechanism to enter a state of suspended animation as the larvae of the modern roundworms, which are found on compost heaps and rotting fruit and plants across Europe and the world. Quote, laboratory experiments suggest that it might be important that the worms were mildly dehydrated first before they could successfully survive the 80 negative 80 degree temperature with their major bodily functions shut down. At a biochemical level, the species produced a sugar when mildly dehydrated in the lab, possibly enabling them to endure the freezing and intense dehydration. Professor Kurtz Chalia said, quote, we're a long, long way from using this science to bring back chronically frozen humans or dinosaurs, although we now have a better understanding of how to achieve the state between life and death. Many things remain to be investigated. This could help to store cells or tissues in the future. And it goes on from there. Um, but basically, you get the idea. So... What does this mean? They've not only brought these roundworms back to life after 46,000 years, but the article said that the roundworms then had larvae, which hatched, basically babies that hatched, and created 100 generations of new roundworms. So not only were they brought back to life, they were able to reproduce. And what else is significant, this species was completely extinct, according to the article. This is not a species that still exists on this planet. It's extinct. So they just brought an extinct species back to life after 46,000 years, and the extinct species has reproduced itself. Now, what else is going to come back to life? Does this mean we're going to have viruses that existed 46,000 years ago, maybe a million years ago, these viruses? Are they going to come back to life and kill us all because we don't have immunity to them? Bacteria that we don't have immunity to? Are, are there going to be new plants, new vegetables, new animals? that we haven't seen in 100,000, 200,000, a million years? If these scientists can bring back something to life 
from 46,000 years ago. And they learned how to do it. That's what the scientists said. Now we now understand it. You got to dehydrate the body. You got to, it's got to create some kind of sugar base in it. You got to keep it very cold. That's what it said. And then, yeah, you can bring it back to life 46,000 years later. Does this mean that people can be put into this state cryogenically, freeze them, and first dehydrate them and create the sugars? And then 50, 60, 100,000 years later, they're brought back to life, if there even is a planet at that point, or a civilization? I don't know. But this is interesting, isn't this? You know, it wasn't that long ago we were watching the movie Jurassic Park, the first one at least, and that was all about bringing dinosaurs back to life that had been extinct. And, of course, that was science fiction back then. Nobody believed it could happen. But it just did happen, not to dinosaurs yet, but it just happened with roundworms. If you can do it with one animal, you can do it with other animals. So what does this mean for researchers and scientists all around the world and governments some good governments and some not so good governments. Are they going to try? We've already cloned sheep. We've already cloned dogs. You can get your own dog clone. You can pay to have it done. So we're already cloning. We're copying animals already. Sheep and dogs already done it. Commercially available. You can take your little dog and pay for it and you can get your dog cloned. That is currently in the marketplace. That is already being done. It's been done thousands of times. Are people cloning people somewhere? Quietly, secretly, in hiding? Are dictators having themselves cloned? Are rich men and rich women having themselves cloned? Are they hiring scientists that are cloning sheep and dogs to clone people? And in this case, if they have loved ones that have died years ago, are they bringing them back to life or trying to? You know, 100, 200 years ago, from when Frankenstein was written, it was science fiction bringing the dead back to life. You know, 20, 30 years ago, Jurassic Park, the movie, bringing dinosaurs back to life and extinct species, science fiction. Now this is reality. Science is now caught up to the movies. It's caught up to the literature. We are now bringing 46,000-year-old extinct species back to life. What's going to happen with this? What does this mean? What does this mean for the world? What does this mean for the decline and fall of America? I am your worldwide podcasting host, Charles Factor, broadcasting live from the brand new Holly Springs Studios in the great misty beyond, wishing you a great day.